This is Tech Leaders Hub, bringing you the voices of the tech industry brightest leaders. I'm your host, Natasha Mikoajczak, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Leaders Hub, and welcome to my guest, a person you have never, ever seen before <laughs> on this show, I think, Jakub Greitzer, not only the creator, the ex now host of Tech Leaders Hub. Can we get one final hello, hello, hello? <laughs> hello, 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 everyone. <laughs> and welcome to the show. Natasha, thank you so much for the invitation. <laughs> you know, my pleasure, my pleasure. It's not like my boss gave me the idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really glad we get to do this uh, one last time, uh, you know, with, yeah. uh, with me as a, as a guest. And as you can see, the setup is a bit different today. Um, we decided to take the opportunity, since we are both stationary, in the same city, um, to sit down together in one room and enjoy a bit of a more conversation between us two. So you guys can also not only hear what Kuba has, um, I don't know, taken from all the sessions he did, but also kind of get a little uh, goodbye. Oh my God, I'm going to tear up at the end of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so from the man who heard all of them, Let's start with a very famous, what's your number one tip for tech leaders? Kuba? All right, we're getting right into it. Aren't yeah, we? of course. <laughs> okay, so some of my guests have said at this point that ah, I couldn't possibly pick one. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do two as well. <laughs> and the first, I mean, the first one is a bit of a cop-out, but at first I thought, okay, the number one tip for tech leaders is definitely go watch Tech Leaders Hub and listen to Tech Leaders that Hub. That is as shameless. A you know that. <laughs> Hey, I just think, you know, because the context of this of this whole conversation is, you know, what I managed to learn from all of these episodes since we started Tech Leaders Hub in 2020. And I really do believe we have a great collection of knowledge, tips, strategies, things that you can take and just use right away. So I think it makes sense to subscribe to Tech Leaders Hub, you know, CTA at the front. We do things differently here on the show. <laughs> now for the for the second one, this tip that I've got is for people like me. This is something that I've struggled with personally, and this is the kind of advice that I encounter over and over again. And whenever I encounter this piece of advice, it really hits home. And this is something that I constantly need to remind myself of. And this is what the show has done, well, at least for me, and I hope for many other leaders, is to share the kind of advice that you know it's true, you know you should be doing it, you need to be reminded of it over and over again. So my, I'll tell you about my problem first, and then I'll okay. tell you about my tip. My problem is I think way too much about systems and workflows and productivity methods. I overthink work. And I think a lot of other, other leaders do too. And not just leaders, just professionals in general. You have to find the right system. You have to agile it, Kanban it, Scrum it. You have to do extreme programming, whichever. I've heard it a lot on the show. You need to... And, it's a trap that is so easy to fall into, to find the perfect system, to organize everything. Once I find that system, maybe it's getting things done. Maybe it's a new tool like ClickUp or, or Asana, Monday.com or whatever. But choose ClickUp, it's the best. <laughs> Once I have that perfect system, things are going to work out for me. And I say that it's a trap because there's too much time spent on it, I think. Just overall, uh, within the world of productivity and certainly for leaders, Productivity is even more important for a leader, which is why my number one tip, getting to the point here, is do the work. Oh, that is a horrible tip. I hate it. <laughs> let, let, You're let, telling me I actually have to do the work now? No, that's not what I signed up for. So it's a very general piece of advice. But what I mean here is don't over-optimize your workflow and take into account that at some point, you're going to have to stop planning and start executing. And that moment when you start executing probably needs to happen sooner than you normally think. So in my opinion, limit the planning, limit architecting the workflow, and sit down, carve out the time, and do the work. I mentioned that it's especially important for leaders because our productivity does not impact just you know one piece of content that's about to go out or some piece of code that's about to go out. Our work directly impacts the team. So we need to be productive for the mm. sake of our teams, which is why it's even more important to be able to focus, time box, block distractions, say no to the projects that you should, should say no to or to the requests that you should say no to. 
and just hunker down and do the work. It's not glamorous. I don't feel like super excited sharing this tip. Honestly, when I get reminded of it through various like podcasts or videos or whatever, uh, it, it, it grounds me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm hoping to achieve here. So I think it's extremely important. Uh, obviously, I just mentioned and I put this huge thing on you as a leader uh, listening to this, that you know your productivity is so important to the team. I wanted to add on top of that that you're not always going to have a productive day, but you should always have a way to block distractions, hunker down, focus, and do the work. And that's my tip. And now I can sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we always come back circling to like few core things, and one of them is done is better than perfect. Mm. And me as a perfectionist, that is so hard to actually sometimes sit down and just do something because I feel like, oh, but there probably is a better way of doing yeah. it. And then I end up not doing it for like three weeks because I try to find the perfect way of doing it. That it you're exactly uh, describing the trap that I fall into. Recently, the trap has been all about ChatGPT. You know, mm -hmm. it's a short piece of text. I could write it probably, you know, like this. But is there a way to make the AI do it? You know, <laughs> even if I could do it, I could do it better and faster. I don't need support. Yeah. Is it a way though? Is there a prompt though? And I think that is a trap that's really, really easy to to fall into. So this is this is a very good number one tip, definitely. Um, and I think it is not stolen from anybody you interviewed. Actually, it is your own. So I was I was prepared to you know. Catch you on a little. I mean, like many other concepts, it's something that you know you hear time and time again. I'm not saying anything original here, okay? But I mentioned it and I chose it as the number one tip mm -hmm. because I think it just bears repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. Okay. So with that in mind, let's go into what we actually wanted to cover today which is, well, you've been the host of Tech Leaders Hub for, what, two years? We started in 2020, so almost, yeah, closing in on three, two and a half, you could Gee, say. Gee, that's a long time. And you have interviewed almost 40 people over that time span. And, um, you know, I was very curious, what is your opinion on, because you had some amazing guests from amazing places, but they all kind of, I don't know, um, somehow were people you wanted to interview? Mm -hmm. um, what kind of made them stood out? What was the common thing that they had as leaders that, you know, showed up on Tech Leaders Hub? I just really like the vibes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just see a LinkedIn post and I'm like, that's what I want. <laughs> well, that's one thing. I was looking for people who really care about their presence and their personal branding. This is part of the reason why people do stuff like this, why they go on interviews and why they go on Tech Leaders Hub. So, you know, Obviously, the people that said yes to being on the show, they have this interest in well building themselves as a personal mm -hmm. brand. Sometimes it was about sometimes it was about the employer brand. So in many cases, they were hiring and they wanted to promote themselves as a leader. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that uh, exactly. So that's what what connected them on a kind of practical level. They wanted to spread the word, and that's totally understandable. But what I found when I actually got them on the show is that they did share a few key characteristics. The two main characteristics are they, or if I were to make it three, I would say they were kind, they were smart, and they were willing to share what they know. So being kind, I enjoyed each and every of my conversations. And what you don't see on Tech Leaders Hub and what really often happened is we talked about some personal stuff before the show and we found some nice points of connection. I'm a musician and a dad. And it turned out that those just those two things were a point of connection, either one of or or the other or both with, with most of, our, of my guests. So there's a guitar hanging on your wall, you know, or you know, I just became a dad a few weeks ago and I came back to work, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's being kind, right? But I think... There's another thing that connects them that relates back to the Eisenhower matrix. And this is one of the many concepts that were mentioned again and again and again on the show. And I think a lot of people watching also know about the Eisenhower matrix, but just in a few sentences, there are things to do that are important and not important. And there are things to do that are urgent and not urgent. And apparently the president Eisenhower put it on like a two by two uh, grid and not to go into each kind of square on that grid, the most important part of the grid is the type of work that is important, but not urgent. And it's never urgent. 
to get on a show like this. Mm -hmm. It's never urgent to share your knowledge, to contribute back to the IT community, to the industry as a whole. What connects my guests is that they found the time for the stuff that's important, but not urgent. They found the time to help people grow just, I mean, it's cliche, out of their goodness of their hearts, uh, but just to, to give back to the community that taught them so much. So I think this focus on, on the work that's important but not urgent, that's something that connects them. And at the same time, it's a great piece of advice for, for leaders in general. I think this is what separates the good leaders from the great leaders is that the great leaders think in advance, schedule time, time box it, and they find a way to get the work that's important but not urgent done. And that's the work that, you know, it, once you start focusing on that, it puts you on an entirely new timeline where your entire future is going to be easier if you start thinking ahead, <laughs> if, you, if you start thinking ahead and if you start uh, doing that kind of work. So this is what connects them. And, you know, obviously there were some characteristics of people we looked for in the show, right? They, they were supposed to be in management leadership positions, CTOs, sometimes CEOs, VPs of engineering, you know, that connects them kind of within their role, but that was the idea of the show. You know, I knew that was what's going, what was going to happen on the episode. There were many different things along the way that surprised me and I'm, that I'm excited to talk about today, actually, in terms of what they shared, what they consistently talked about that I didn't expect. Okay, so what did they share that surprised you the most? <laughs> what, are, what are the, you know, I don't know, pieces of advice or maybe kind of statements that stood out the most or got repeated the most mm -hmm. that really stuck out to you? So I was wondering where to start because I was expecting a question more or less like, like this. And there's a few things that were repeated a lot. And there was also kind of the view of the tech leader role. And this is where I would like to start. The view of the tech leader role in general that really evolved over time. So this is a funny experience for me, actually, because you know, this relates back to when I even started at STX Next. You know? And to anybody who doesn't know, it's actually one of my last days at the company, uh, which is why we're doing this whole stream just, just in general. So I wanted to put it out there just because it's kind of in our minds as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to start a new thing pretty soon. And that's why I'm a guest on the show and I stopped hosting, uh, part of the reason at least. So, so, so to me, it's like a, a story that began when I started SDX Next and now it's kind of, this chapter is kind of closing. So what I thought about these people that we wanted to reach with our marketing, honestly, uh, because I joined as the kind of first marketing hire of the team, uh, the current growth department, I thought these people were focused on the technology. Mm -hmm. you no, know, I thought CTO, VP of engineering, these roles are all about technology. It even it even influenced our content to a large extent. You know, we published content about which Python web framework to uh, to pick. What is up with these JavaScript libraries? What you what you should think about these upcoming technologies? And that content is still very useful. But the most like out of all of the episodes, the the one piece that really stood out to me is when I had. Chris Hares from Uello on the show. And I'm not, I mean, at the, at, the mo at the point when he was on the show, I should say, he was CTO of Uello. Uh, he's moved on, I think, to a different company since then. And I hope he's watching. I don't think there's a high chance he's watching, but if you are, hi, I'm going to mention your thing now. <laughs> <laughs> what he shared is that there's basically three parts to the role of a tech leader. Mm -hmm. Technology, leadership, and business. And I think this is what it ultimately boils down to. And obviously, within all three of those disciplines, there's an ocean of knowledge and you know, skills that you need to acquire. But that is the picture that's been painted to me over the course of all of these episodes. There's the tech knowledge, so how well you code, how well you understand the frameworks and libraries and everything related to that. This, is, this was always the part that I, was, that I connected the least with just by pure virtue of not being a programmer myself. Uh, but we did have sessions about that, about how to do DevOps well, how to scale your architecture, et cetera. The second, and this is the part, the technology part, is where tech leaders, they started there. They started as a programmer, got to team lead, manager, and then they got over time to CTO. Most likely they became CTO by either starting their own startup or joining a different organization. This is actually what we learned from the CTO survey, which is our, which is a different project of, of ours that I also had some contribution to. Then the second part is the leadership part. And this is something that they also learn over time. These are the 
um, skills that become more and more important over time. And many of the episodes of uh, Tech Leaders Hub ended up being about that, about how to lead people, how to lead the conversations, what questions to ask. I was always the happiest when the guests shared that, you know, specific questions that, that uh, could be asked and, and how to take care of that. And we can dig more into that. In, you know, in oh, moment. we will. Okay. <laughs> but then the third part, and this is, this is, I think, if I were to share a piece of advice that really stood out from the episodes, I would say, do not neglect the third area. And the third area is actually understanding the business. When you're a high-level tech executive, and I would argue even if you're like on a manager or even team lead level, you need to understand what the business is doing, where it's going, how the business is making money. Because a lot of the time, it's easy to get stuck in this trap of just building. You know, okay, so the boardroom is saying we should be building this feature, and our job is to build it and to build it right. That sounds logical, but actually... Your job is to also find out why the feature is being built, what are the goals, and if you're not feeling that this is something that this is the best way to reach that goal, that this feature is not the best way to connect to that goal, your job is to also challenge it. This reminds me of another session with Matt Greenberg from Reforge, where he mentioned that you know you need to actually fight, even if you were technically as CTO part of the C-suite, you need to fight for your voice to be heard on an equal level. Because if you don't, if you don't ask questions about where are the profits and the losses and how are our financials looking and what is our strategy, what is our positioning, if you don't ask these questions, if you don't have the conversations, if you don't challenge what is being said, then you might be delegated to just an executioner, actually. Okay, so you know the CEO, CPO for product, and the CFO and the, and the others decided what's going to be built. Uh, dear CTO, make sure that your team now builds that and that it's, uh, that it's excellent. This is not where you want to be. You want to be an equal mm -hmm. there. So... This framework of these three areas is something that I added this to our onboarding at SDX Next when somebody's joining growth, uh, sales, customer success. I always mention this, this framework to start thinking in that. And it's honestly something that I wish somebody had told me when I started here to better understand this role. So I think when you're thinking of your self-development as a tech leader, then these are the three areas that you need to, to think about. And in leadership general, just substitute you know technical uh, area for this hard skills area. And I think you've got a framework for leadership roles in general. Okay. But so you mentioned that, you know, you think leaders, uh, tech leaders, especially should be more aware of the business part and kind of be the part of conversation. Yeah. But what, what would you say is the best way to make sure you do that? How do you actually get in the room? And like, what is one way if you were to give just one to, to make sure you do that. Uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because I, I asked that question many times to my guests as well. You mentioned you need to be more active here, but how do you become more active here? And it's funny that a lot of the advice boils down to it, but it's true. You need to have the conversations, the conversations that you're not used to having. You know, we get stuck in a cycle of recurring meetings and mm -hmm. we meet with the same people over and over again. And I think all, what kind of stood out to me from what I was hearing is that a lot of the leaders, they don't have these conversations kind of across departments. The CTO is not talking often enough with the CFO, CMO. And, you know, I mean, you can apply it on different levels, right? If it's on an engineering manager level, for example, you, can, you need to talk with the product manager, but also schedule a call with the marketing manager from time to time, right? So I think that's, if I were to share just one piece of advice is to have the calls and ask the questions and try to have like newcomer mindset, even if you've been at the company for some time, you know, ask the basic questions, the questions where it's like, oh, I, it's been so long that I'm too afraid to ask them anymore. Ask those questions, you know, the questions like, uh, like I mentioned, how are we ma making money? What is actually the status? What are you focusing on? What is your priority? How do you understand the, uh, the vision of the company? So I'm sorry that it's a, <laughs> I mean, sorry. It boils down to, to a pretty general piece of advice, but it also, I think, it reminds me of the most important thing we need to do as a leader, and this is to invest our time right. And maybe connecting to some of the other things I heard on the show, maybe it's not worth it to have another status meeting with your team. Maybe it's better for you as a leader to spend that time talking with somebody from a different department, bring that context back to your team so that they can be better informed that they are building the right thing. So would you say you are able to implement those advice 
that you've heard on the show in your own work? Like, did it actually change the way you work and things like that? Not as much as I would prefer. Um, I It did encourage me to have within SDX Next as a manager myself, more conversations like that. But I think, you know, looking back on it, I could have been even more proactive uh, in reaching out to, you know, the other departments, finding out. Well, yeah, of course, but it's easy to say when you're like, you know, afterwards, it's like, ah, oh, yes, should have done that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you get this kind of clarity at the end. And I do sympathize with the people who are kind of in the thick of it and mm -hmm. they, they don't have the perspective of, you know, last week's last days and thinking of what could have been done differently. I suppose being in this kind of at this near this finish line, it makes you, it reminds you of the things that were important, but you didn't get them done because they were not urgent. Right. So here I would repeat that piece of advice because it is just that important, right? To to think about that uh, in advance and and have these conversations. Okay, great. Well, I again, all these stuff always boils down to like very simple truths that are truly universal whether it comes to work or life, but it just it, it is. It is sometimes that simple. It's the simple things that are hard to do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like communication in a company is a big one. It's something yeah. we always have to strive to make better yeah. and we will never perfect it. A word that got used a lot is over-communicate. No? Okay, you, elaborate. No, you may feel like you're repeating yourself or you're sending the same message through multiple channels mm -hmm. or you know, you're mentioning something on multiple meetings. And, you know, that can feel frustrating. It can feel inefficient. But actually, that's part of doing the work when you want to make a change. So over-communicate, repeat yourself. I think it's part of good project management. It was mentioned on the, sh on the show as well a lot. Although what you were, what you were saying about these kind of simple th truths reminds me of something that I kind of, I, I teased it in my LinkedIn post today. And initially when you asked me what is the, the one piece of advice that I wanted to, to mention, because I kind of covered the framework of how to understand the role within these three areas. But there was one piece of advice that was repeated and applied to all of the areas. And I heard it almost during every episode of Tech Leaders Hub mm -hmm. in a different fashion, though. And that piece, it can be summarized as close the feedback loop. Ah, yes. I was waiting for you to say that. Okay. I so. was very excited for this <laughs> topic in particular. <laughs> Let me put it like this. After hosting Tech Leaders Hub, I am making close the feedback loop my personal philosophy. It is that important. It got repeated that many times by so many smart people that to me, it is now like painfully obvious that this is the thing to do. Okay. Uh, so I'm excited because I like to kind of, when I gather knowledge, I like to find kind of one thread that runs through it all and simplify. And you can't ever simplify something to just a few words. But closing the feedback loop is something that you almost always are going to want to do. So now, in practical terms, what was mentioned on the show that uh, exemplifies this? One is talking with customers. And again, people listening to the show, whether they are engineers or marketers or salespeople, I mean, say people, maybe not. Because yeah, I feel like they already <laughs> talk to customers, you know? <laughs> but not always in that fashion, you know? It's, not, it's about not talking to the customer in the sense of, okay, I want to offer you this thing, but just like, what is your reality like mm -hmm. right now, you know? And that's the thing that many of the leaders on my show really underline the importance of this. Get on calls with customers, ask them openly about the challenges, and try to stay outside of the context of your product, but just see what you're competing against um, in terms of what you're offering, for example, or what you're building, and whether that is actually a product being built by the competition, or is that an Excel sheet, or is that an email thread? You know, this is something that is mentioned a lot in product management, for example, that you need to find your true competition, and your true competition are not similar tools. But like for a given area, like, I don't know, finances or something, many people haven't moved on from spreadsheets and mm -hmm. need to overcome that inertia. So I'm not saying that like the important part is to, is to ask them about the competition. I'm saying this is an example of the kind of things you can ask about when you have these conversations, when you're actually closing the feedback loop. And it's so important. And again, it's an easy trap to, to fall into, to ship and, and forget, to ship and leave things and move on to the other thing because the backlog is so huge and how can we possibly get through it all? You need to go, with the shipping, you need to go even slower. The backlog can go get even bigger 
but you need to find time for the act after action uh, review of what you're doing. Only then are you actually gathering the real deliverable that you should have as a leader. And that real deliverable, I mean, there are a few, but I think one of the key ones is to help the team learn, to build processes for learning and, and to codify what has been learned so that it's not lost after a year or two years or you know, when people switch out from the company. There needs to be a way to actually save I mean, I say that when people have stuff in their heads, it's like RAM, you know? It gets deleted after you close your computer. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it works like that right now, but let's let's stick to that. Like I said, I'm not that technical. We work in IT, guys, we swear. <laughs> <laughs> but in marketing and IT, okay? <laughs> um, and you need to find a way to for that knowledge to get stored on the hard drive. Usually mm -hmm. that's some sort of documentation. Again, important, not urgent. So if I were to summarize this, it would be go to customers, listen to them openly, actively, see their reality, take those learnings back to the team, codify it, save it in some way. And this applies to customers, but it applies in the same fashion. And, you know, so, for example, on one session, I would hear about go to the customers, learn from them, talk with them more often, have regular calls or like look through the feedback that's coming from them and, you know, actually focus on that. So sometimes it was about the customers. One great practice that I heard about was to have these, I, really, I believe this was, this was from Ron, who at the time was working at monday.com. They had these meetings uh, that, were, that were almost like an office party of some sort. There was beer, there was pizza. Okay, you're, you're really selling it to me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and during that meeting, they would look through the feedback that came from the users via this automation on Slack, and they would really try to analyze it, focus it, you know? I may, I may be mixing two things that were, that were mentioned during that session, but th this is how I imagine it, and I think this is a great potential thing to try. No, but it sounds really... I feel like with the um, closing the feedback loop, as you mentioned, it's also one key thing that it cannot be done by just one person who, I don't know, just puts it in an Excel spreadsheet and is like, later, okay, team, this is what I've gathered. You really need to get the whole team on board who worked on the project so that they understand how their work actually performs and yeah. how can they, in their own little fields, improve what they should change yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and see, often when, you, when you're onboarding a new person, it's about, okay, get them to the point where they can ship independently, you know? Okay, so they can put out a piece of code or they can uh, put a blog on the website uh, or anything else. I think that doesn't go far enough. You need to get, because right now you painted a picture of the leader kind of learning and bringing that back to the team, and that's true. But the best leaders will build a process and a system for the team to do that themselves. So don't get new hires or even existing you know, team members to the point where they can ship independently, but to the point where they can learn independently, okay? Get that feedback, learn, and you know, connect that back to the goals of the company, and then the feedback loop finally closes. You have created this kind of self-learning system that will continue to get better and you can move on to different things as a leader. I mean, I mean check in, right? But, but this is something that, that I think, this, this is the point at which you can say that they have achieved true independence. Mm -hmm. And that's something that kind of synthesizing everything I heard over the, uh, the course of the episodes, that's, uh, that's the kind of goal you might, you might want to achieve here. And I was mentioning, you know, that talking with, with customers and closing the feedback loop with customers is one area. But the reason I'm mentioning this as close the feedback loop and not just talk with customers more, because I could phrase it that way, is that it applies to other areas as well. In some other episode, it was not about talking with customers, but it was close the feedback loop with team members, mm -hmm. close the feedback loop with potential hires or, you know, people who were in the process, but you didn't actually get a chance to hire them, you know, close the feedback loop with them as well. And it's about the, the things that are, again, in the category of do the work, not super glamorous, kind of boring, but send the survey, have the call, ask the questions, and try to find out what they're... Important, not urgent. Yeah, this is definitely this yeah. kind of job. You could call it done, and nobody's probably going to point out, like, in the moment that, hey, why didn't you ask for, for feedback there? But this is the part that actually creates excellence, mm -hmm. in my view, and in the view of many of my guests. So swaying a bit from that topic, you did mention two buzzwords that I want to touch upon. You Love buzzwords. Lots of buzzwords on the show. You mentioned onboarding, 
new hires. And correct me if I'm wrong, but from listening and watching Tech Leaders Hub, yeah. uh, something I took away is that um, a big problem, issue, pain point for uh, a lot of leaders is exactly that, hiring, mm -hmm. finding the right talent, the right people. So maybe could you talk a little bit more about what they have to say, what you have to say about um, hiring? So let me give some more context here first. This is another of the things that really surprised me. Again, at the beginning, I was thinking these people are about the technology. And it turned out when, because the way Tech Leaders Hub works is there's a flow, right? We meet for that first call and then, you know, we talk with the person. I mean, now you're going to have these calls, but I had many, many of these calls in the past uh, where we ask, what would you like to discuss? What is kind of the most, you know, what, what thing are you most passionate about? And there's one question there, actually, uh, that um, there, there's, there's certain questions there that are supposed to kind of uncover uh, their point of view, right? So one question that I ask a lot is what should tech leaders start doing or what should they stop doing? No way. You stole that. And I wanted to ask you that question. You can ask me that later. Oh, well, no, it's not going to have the same impact. <laughs> <laughs> but they need to know the context, right? So, um, so within that context, I wanted to mention that I may have asked them in the beginning, you know, what are you knowledgeable about? What are you passionate about? And they talked about stuff that was, you know, sometimes fairly technical, they were mentioning stuff on their CV, but as soon as they ask, as I asked them, what is something tech leaders should, should stop doing or start doing, almost always it was something related to hiring, to people, to management. When they actually think about their pet peeves, about the mistakes that they see others making, and I assume in many cases that those were mistakes that they were making themselves in the past, it was always about the people. And that's, that's when I realized, I mean, not initially but over time it got through my head you know and into the brain <laughs> that um that this is the key piece that they are builders not of code anymore but they are builders of teams of people and that is an extremely important aspect of this job of tech leader in one guest even Evgeny Sharapin mentioned that like building teams and, and processes through which and workflows through which people work it's like building code but people are more fuzzy and unpredictable you know i really like that and it's really stuck with me over the the course of the years but you asked about hiring a lot of advice was shared about hiring one piece of advice that was really interesting to me was from uh the company called lunar i believe the guest was anders Kring. And he mentioned that uh, they flipped the hiring process where, because, I mean, the typical way to do it is that you have, like, first probably a kind of soft interview about motivation to change work, you know, stuff like uh, stuff like that, personality, let's say, uh, interview, or just to find if, if that person is going to click with the organization in general. And it's often done with a person from HR, right, and from the, from the person from the team. Then you have uh, part of the interview that's kind of more technical, focused on the hard skills. Mm -hmm. and, and, and at the end, there might be an additional check from like a higher level manager, right? So Anders was this higher level manager. And the way they do things, they, they flipped this and it's a more peer leadership setup. So Anders is the first line through which a candidate goes. Then they go to the team and the team decides if that person is going to get hired. This is something really unique that I haven't heard in many other episodes of the show. It really stuck with me. And it has a few key benefits. I really recommend uh, for you to go and go back to the episode and listen to that. But to, to, to summarize, one of the key benefits was that the team feels a lot more of a sense of ownership for the person that they're adding. They're kind of vouching for them that, yes, this is the person that we want on the team. We feel like their qualifications are good. The culture fit is good. You can check for all of that before somebody joins and you make the costly mistake of bringing somebody on board that just does not click with the team. True. Like we, we had this one um, situation here uh, within our team where uh, we started hiring and uh, actually this is ex exactly what happened. Our team leader brought potential candidates afterwards to the team to check for, you know, whether we get along, what we think as a team would be, would this be a person we would like to work with? And I think this is really important because then, first of all, as a part of the team, you feel ownership of the team because like, hey, I'm, I'm in this process too of making the decision. Yeah. That's cool. 
And second of all, like working with people you enjoy working with is extremely important. It is, yeah. I mean, come on, you can love the job, but if you hate the people, you're not gonna enjoy it. Yeah, and you're not going to show your best work. Exactly. Definitely. And actually that change of adding this additional step when we're hiring leaders for them to meet the team earlier and for the team to do this vibe check is what we called it. That's actually something that was totally inspired by that session. You know, Many of the insights from Tech Leaders Hub made their way into our workflows just in general. Oh, that's very, very good to hear. I'm sure all the guests that were on the show are very happy to hear that. That made some impact, you yeah. know. I mean, I, I say that after almost every episode. No, after every episode, I said, you know, this thing that you said, I'm going to keep that for myself. You know, every time I felt like it was a, like a mentoring session for myself, even. And that was extremely nice about coasting tech leaders up in general. You're going to see in your own episodes, you're going to develop so much and, and see so many different perspectives and find so many frameworks. And I'm not saying I kind of 100% internalized all of it. Some of it I may not even have agreed with, right? But... In all in all, some of these key pieces, like close the feedback loop, for example, that's staying with me for good. Okay, so let's go back uh, two steps uh, to that stop and start question, because mm -hmm. Jakub, you're a leader yourself. Yeah. So now from that perspective, not a perspective of a Tech Leaders Hub host, but uh, just a leader, yeah. um, what do you think is something tech leaders are doing that they should stop doing right now? or that they're not doing, that they should start doing? Oh, gosh. So I was quite prepared for the number one tip. For, but for start, stop, uh, the answers I got to that varied wildly over the years. And sometimes, and I think one, I'm going to, to steal one of the recent ones, because it's one that we did not manage to mention so much on the particular episode. But there was one guest who mentioned uh, chasing trends as the, the thing that, should, that tech leaders should stop doing. I really like that. That tech leaders should be a filter for all of the trends, everything that's so noisy. Uh, you know, basically, they should convert signal to uh, they should convert noise to signal for their team. And so they should look at everything that's happening, all of the hype cycles that are you know, and the different uh, technologies that are in different places and in, in the hype cycle and the different solutions that are either on the rise or they're falling or maybe they're about to rise again. I mean, the whole area of Web3 crypto blockchain is an excellent example of this. They should, And a tech leader should put it on their agenda to get enough context about these things to form an opinion and to be able to lead the team through that and to be able to say that, okay, for example, machine learning is going to be huge. We need to invest in that. And here is a proactive plan of how we're going to do that. On the other hand, they might say that blockchain, for example, it's a very exciting technology, but it certainly does not fill, fit every use case. I Myself, I'm a little bit bearish on blockchain, actually, after hearing what some of my guests had to say and just educating myself. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, within that, there's a certain amount of hype that tech leaders need to be able to see through. So I, I believe the piece of advice that was mentioned is just to stop following the trends so much and to stick more to what's already in progress that you already believe or believed in six months ago that it's worth continuing. Otherwise, if you keep hopping from trend to trend, you're not actually going to get far enough to see the return on your investment on your team's effort. That's what I would say for the for the stop question. For the start question is start closing the feedback loop more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't mention that yet, definitely. Um, it is that important, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of our watchers and listeners are people who already are leaders. But what about those who are thinking of becoming leaders one day? They want to step up their game. Um do you think you have any advice to share there after, you know, talking to 37 people <laughs> on this show? It was 37? That's yeah, cool. I did count beforehand. Awesome, awesome. okay. <laughs> and wow. I had to do it manually because your previous session was a round table. So I couldn't just see how many sessions there were. I have to actually see how many guests. Sounds time. like you did the work, huh? <laughs> yeah. It was okay. very boring, but important. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's how it feels. That's how it feels. Oh. It's painful, it's boring, but it's worth it. Anyway, I, I was coming back to the more general point. Advice for new leaders. First of all, I love that question. 
this is something that I always wanted to do for for a host, right? Because many of my guests said, you know, great question, great question, awesome. But yeah, this one, I really love that question. <laughs> uh, because many of the people watching Tech Leaders Hub actually are aspiring leaders and not, you know, leaders themselves. Uh, or, you know, they got connected to a certain topic that was more technological at that particular point, but they ended up listening more about leadership. But anyway, I think there's a... The, the fundamental thing that's a kind of practical and boring, but it needs to be said, is to, to actually get a leadership position. You need to find the right company for it, okay? And for people who are, you know, maybe a, a bit more inexperienced at the beginning of their career path, it, it bears saying, uh, or in some cases repeating, that you need to find the company that's actually going to invest in the development of a team. If they're not predicting you know, a lot of future hires and in the current, you know, recession environment, that's certainly not a given that every team is going to be growing, whether it's a software development team, marketing team, product team, whichever, uh, then you need to realize that probably in order to actually get a leadership position, you're going to have to switch companies or make a very strong case to upper leadership why they should add, you know, two new hires and those two new hires should report to you. So, you know, getting that out of the way, the next thing you can do is to find as many instances as possible to practice informal leadership. And that's one of the key concepts that I also discovered as part of Tech Leaders Hub. That's informal leadership. That it's not clear cut, not you know, zero or one in you know, uh, speaking more the language of developers. <laughs> that you I think it's not how they communicate, you know. Yeah, I've seen the Slack messages like zero 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 one one one. We're not in the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> or are we? <laughs> so you need to find ways to become more and more of a leader. And I think the key way to do that is when new people join, even if they're not reporting to you, that you step up proactively and offer to mentor those people. You know, that you offer to, you know, okay, can you make me part of the onboarding process? I'm going to show them the ropes. I'm going to be their buddy, for example. That's a system that it's... It, it's a thing, the body system. Yeah, I know, I know it is. I also just, I really like that name. It's yeah. so cute. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but also like a friend. Okay, so, you know, show, show them the ropes. I think that I think that's really important. You know, step up and raise your hand when the question is asked, who's going to lead a certain project, right? Because you're not, you're not always a leader of people. Sometimes you're a leader of initiatives, activities. Show that you can lead something, get it to completion, report on the results, and compile the learning from that project coming back to my, my previous points and that is another great way to indicate that you're ready for leadership and honestly just consistent execution is really important you know that you meet your deadlines I, and i know it's not again it's not super exciting but that you meet your deadlines you're proactive with other ideas for you know how to grow certain areas honestly i always what makes my mind think leadership potential is when I get on a call with somebody and they talk and they say, but not in a way that's kind of complaining, not in a way that's negative, but they're saying, I heard about this concept, this format of content, this different approach that I think we should really try here. And that person not only, you know, mentions it, pitches it, you know, in passing in conversation, but they actually do something with it, you know, that oh for the for this next edition of let's say, you know, the newsletter or or which or whichever part or for this next blog, I thought I'm I'm going to try something, something like this, you know? And they come to you with a with a ready to go idea. All you have to do is say, yeah, very well, go and go and execute that. When I see that kind of initiative and that being that proactive when somebody is like that, I I think that's a strong signal that they're ready for leadership. Oh, I want to bring up something that we actually did talk about between just us two a few mm. days ago, um, because it's something that popped up twice during one week when we were talking once, just the two of us, just like as a bigger team, you were mentioning that, you know, you really like the idea from that one book you really like. So I will maybe not explain it. You know what I what I'm talking about? Uh, is it turn the ship around? Oh yes, it is. <laughs> of okay. course, it is. <laughs> so, special shout out to Itai Rosenblatt from Google for this. Uh, certainly, one of the most memorable sessions, and not and not just because it was one of the biggest in terms of viewership. But yeah, in many respects, the kind of the value that the listeners and watchers got, and that I personally got, was recommendations of just great sources, great people to follow, uh, great 
concepts to explore, and yes, great books. One of those books that really stuck with me was Turn the Ship Around. In a nutshell, it's the story, and you know, this was mentioned on Tech Yourself before, so I don't want to go too too deep into it. Uh, but it's the story of the commander of a submarine. Uh, he's taking over the submarine that's kind of in disarray, and he puts all of those ducks in a row. Let's say it's. I mean, that's a, that's a funny way to say it. But the, he takes the submarine from a leader follower system to a leader leader system. That's the key concept of the book. And the leader leader system, while it has many intricacies and many rules or guidelines or ways that it works, it can boil down to a simple situation. You, you get to the point where you instill enough ownership and you know, a sense of leadership in your people, giving them, and this is crucial, enough context and information to work off of that they are so independent that they come to you and they say um, that this is a situation that is happening. You know, the submarine is heading for the rocks. I'm going to adjust position by you know, this and that uh, angle. I intend to are the keywords. I intend to do this. All you say is very well. You know, otherwise, if you don't feel it's the right course, you ask additional questions or provide additional context until you can see that your team member, who is a leader in themselves, knows now how to actually make the correct decision. You should teach them to think like you in terms of you know, the direction that you want to go in, that they have internalized the strategy so much that you can trust them to make decisions, not just to execute work, but to make decisions. That's, that's kind of another key thing that when you actually get to the point, to that point, and it's not easy to get that, to that point, but that's how you actually can scale your impact as a leader. So turn, that sh turn the ship around. I really recommend the book. And it's a nice read too because it's kind of it's it's more of a story, right? And it's not just a set of rules. It was it was a delightful read, and I'm really glad that Itai uh, mentioned it. And the whole session, by the way, is one of the best we've had uh, on Tech Leader Sub with Itai Rosenblatt. So I really recommend it. Okay, like I'm, I swear I've heard about this book so many times already. I feel like I have to read it now because, <laughs> or maybe I don't actually. Maybe you already said everything there was. It is the key concept, <laughs> but it's like. It's not about you know that you are going to get more information. It's about spending some time with the concept, you know. So once you, when you read a whole book about it, you get the full context. You get to like visualize the submarine, and there's various you know kind of characters in that story. I think it sinks in more. It makes it much more likely that day to day, this concept is going to kind of pop in your mind. And this is, I think, also a big reason why shows like Tech Leaders Hub exist. We're not you know. I think it would be a mistake to try and focus on kind of finding something that hasn't been said before, something that's mm -hmm. entirely original. I used to think that was the case, but I realized it's about finding the stuff that's most important, that it's so important that, again, it bears repeating, you know, finding those common threads, which is why I'm very glad that we managed to have a session like this to actually distill the most often repeated pieces of information, the ones that were, you know, out of all of my notes, this is the stuff that's been underlined 15 times okay because it was just mentioned uh that that much so no yeah anybody you should read the book definitely <laughs> fine fine yeah, i will do it i will if you give it to me as a present i will mm. okay noted very well um but after you know talking all of this there is one question i want to ask you that i did not prepare you for so very very interested in what you're going to say um but going from creator, host, to now guest, to soon, I hope, listener of Tech Leaders Hub. Sure. Um, what would you like to see more of and hear more of on the show? Oh, um, okay. I'm going to say the first thing that pops in my mind, and that is something that I think so far has been a weaker point of the show. It's uh, more diversity. There's more diversity in terms of the guests. I don't think we had enough uh, guests, for example, who are women, you know? And I think that's a point of the show that uh, should uh, should be worked on, you know? And, and that's entirely, you know, something that I can point to myself to, to mention. I know that it gets kind of into maybe touchy areas, et cetera, uh, but it, it needs to be said. So there you go. Yeah, definitely. That's, that is something that was on my mind too. 
But I was hoping for like more of a, you know, guide and you're giving me this. Thanks a lot. <laughs> more clips. I love the clips from the show. I'm not even joking. Like as a marketer, I love it when these longer episodes, I understand they're quite long. You know, you don't always have time. You know, I, I listen to podcasts when I like do the dishes or do the laundry, but I don't do the laundry three times a day. <laughs> you don't? Oh my God. So so I think, yeah. So I think I would love for, for this content find itself also in into different types of formats you know these shorter formats we should be on tiktok you know oh my god Please we know don't. that we should but it's like <laughs> we need to execute on that guys we had the conversation about tiktok many times yeah um okay uh so i would like us to like slowly no yes no. <laughs> yes what time is it no slowly slowly okay, don't slow. worry okay. it's, it's slow. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know okay. letting you go off easily Okay. So you can good. Okay. Don't, don't cry yet. Still plenty of time. Still yeah. Plenty. yeah. Oh, we have still like ten minutes. <gasps> okay, I lied. Nine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's up? So I want us to slowly uh, go around and kind of summarize what we said. So the key takeaways from this particular episode would be what? Close the feedback loop. That's the one that stuck out to me. Close the feedback loop. I said it a lot uh, of times during this episode because it is that important i would say do the work again these two really relate and the, i suppose the third most important concept is and again they all three relate to each other do the work that's important but not urgent and very often the work that's important that's that's not urgent is actually closing the feedback loop and to close the feedback loop you need to hunker down and do the work for example you know finally create that survey that you were thinking about that should be sent to either customers uh, or to employees or to whichever group of people that you need to connect with uh, more. Or sometimes maybe it's getting a call with a different department that you haven't spoken to in ages and you feel this kind of lack of context with them. What are they actually doing? Uh, this, this is a good signal that you, when you're starting to feel even, I want to say a little bit of resentment towards a different department, that is that should be a clear signal in your head. There needs to be a call, you know? Mm -hmm. There, we need to exchange context because if we're starting to form theories about that they're not delivering or something, that's, then it's very often not the case. You just need to learn more about the challenges that they're facing. And do you have any kind of tips, ways? What happens when there's pushback? Because I feel like that's not talked about uh, a lot. But, well, with changes, there's always people who don't want them because we don't like changes and when you come in you know wearing all white telling you guys we're doing stuff differently now there's usually people who don't enjoy it so yeah how do you combat this the key thing is you come in saying okay we're doing things differently now and there's another person on the call saying i know that it sounds scary at first but actually i spoke with natasha about this change and initially i wasn't convinced but she convinced me and this is how Get allies. This was mentioned a few times on the show as well in terms of change management. When you're wanting to make a change, get allies. And these allies are going to help you uh, to, yeah, to, to push through the resistance. It's like, you know, I play in a band. No way. <laughs> this connects, I swear. Uh, I play in a band. And the way it connects is that initially, when you don't have a huge following, you actually get one fan at a time. That's kind of the, the general advice. With change, it's the same. Get one supporter at a time. Don't go to a whole team of 30 people, do a presentation and say, this is what we should change. Have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a key player on that team. Convince them so that when you do the presentation, you have somebody backing you up. That's the best way that I found you know, hosting the show to actually make it through that pushback. So basically what you're telling me is I have to get one fan here of mine. <laughs> Yeah. To make it work. With, e with each episode. And I'm sure that with each episode of mm. Tech Leader Sub, we got... Are you going to be my number one fan? More than one fan. I am Can your I number ask? one fan. Oh, my actually. God. Thank you. I should Thank have you. that foam hand here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we did use up most of the time. So are there any more things you would like to say to our audience today? <sighs> sure. Well, it's been, I mean, I mentioned it before, uh, it's been a huge uh, privilege being, you know, part of the Tech Leaders Hub story and creating this. It's been one of the best things that I've done in my career. I already, men I already mentioned this on the previous episode. So I wanted to focus more about, uh, more on you, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> I am, 
I'm extremely happy that you're taking over as host of the show. And I'm glad we kind of, you know, I, I came to you with this idea. And I know that initially <laughs> there may, may have been a little bit of trepidation about it. But I'm extremely happy that you're doing this. You already hosted your first episode. So, you know, and I know there's more in the pipeline. Uh, and I'm, I'll be keenly watching and listening every time Tech Theater's Hub is on, If uh, you know. Uh, I'll do my best to to make it and to support you. I think Tech Leaders Hub is in great hands with you. So, you know, I, I couldn't be happier. That oh, you this... really are my number one fan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And, you know, when I was when I was making the decision to actually move on to a different company, that was the, the thing that popped in my mind is how am I, am I going to hand over things? And the first thing that popped in my mind is, oh, my gosh, who's going to get Tech Leaders Hub? And so I'm really glad that we got through this journey. We did the work of taking you, you know, from person who you know sometimes watches to now hosts and and it, i'm extremely proud of this change so yeah i'm and do you have for... any announcements of your own i don't know like what are your next ventures are you gonna have a podcast now <laughs> are you gonna be my competitor now <laughs> so i think it's in bad form to literally mention the company that you're going to so i'm not gonna do that we but can I will, bleep you out. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, well, February is my last month with SDX Next. Uh, on March 1st, I'm starting a new adventure at a different company. So you should follow me, Jakub Breitzar, on LinkedIn. And you'll get to see, hopefully, my post about, uh, for the first time in six years, <laughs> switching jobs. Honestly, can't wait. I think you're going to do great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I will miss you, though. I'll miss you I too. think we <laughs> all of here at Tech Leaders Club, we all will miss you. I can scarcely believe it. Like it's, uh, I, I can't quite process that this is happening. But yeah, well, I mean, obviously having this conversation made it much more real. But it's been a, it, it's been a delight, honestly. And now what, I now I know how journey. it feels. You know? Yeah, what a journey, guys! Yeah, Almost exactly. three years doing this show. Yeah, we started in I think August 2020, which is why I mentioned like two and a half years. And the same shout outs that I did last time definitely apply here to Justin Adados, Daniel Kostielski, Lukas Gmes for just helping and uh, make this happen in the initial. Uh, concept stages and to the first guests, I think the first guests from it within STX was like Martin Zabawa, Łukasz Nowak, Łukasz Koczwara, Matthew Harris was a guest actually twice. Uh, so yeah, I'm really glad, especially the ones that were here at the beginning and helped get the wheels rolling and get the snowball kind of kind of rolling here. Those are the people that I'm most grateful to here. Well, and since you're moving to, uh, again, a management position, I hope that maybe one day you will too come back on the show to, I don't know, share some new knowledge acquired elsewhere. I'll always be happy to do that. And on the subject of me having a different podcast, I wanted to start a personal one. Maybe I'll have an opportunity now. On oh, the other yes, hand. do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah, on the other hand. I gonna... would listen. Yeah. It's not even a lie. Okay. I you swear. Will. Okay. But you'll be a guest too. Then I would definitely listen. <laughs> Come <laughs> okay. on. Um, well, stay tuned. Just follow, I mean, I talk about everything on LinkedIn. Just, so follow, follow, just follow Jakub on LinkedIn. Yeah. That is the takeaway here uh, yeah. from the whole episode, guys. Just don't follow me on Twitter. It's really like, it's all over the place. I don't know what I want to make it. Yeah. Now LinkedIn, we yes, will. Twitter, Thank no. you. Thank ah, you for reverse that. psychology always <laughs> works. <laughs> uh, okay. So that would be what it for today. No. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, for the end, few words from the company that is bringing you Tech Leaders Hub, a company we both still work for today, <laughs> STX Next. Um, we are the place to go when you're looking to accelerate your software projects. Um, we help with, what, everything, end-to-end -end, end -end development, team extension, but even if you just need expertise um, or support, we are there. So if you want to know more, definitely head on to stxnext.com. Yep. And we are known as the Python experts, but we help with a lot more than just that. And talking about Python, we actually have something really exciting coming up just as we're finishing up here. Um, there is something huge going on because today is the release date of Python Tech Radar, which yes. is a huge project we've been working on for months. It's a hundred plus pages yes. of experts, Python developers, 
people who know zeros and ones talking about the state of Python right now and where Python is heading. So after the show, I will head on to my newsletter that I write and we'll send all of our newsletter subscribers a link to the um, downloadable full report. So if you're not subscribed yet, definitely go uh, find in the comments. There's a link to go and subscribe. And also this way you can stay up to date with everything Tech Leaders Hub. I write bi-weekly about everything you need to know about leadership, engineering, and Tech Leaders Hub. Yeah. So I'm super glad that this is all under one umbrella now, that you're the person that's running the newsletter, you're the person that's running Tech Leaders Hub. I think you know people are going to enjoy getting content from yes. you in your own voice. That's yes, I right. do try to make jokes with the try being underlined there. Yeah. We already agreed that the uh, the tradition of puns and bad jokes is going to Oh, yeah, yeah. Here. He's passing the torch in more than one way. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do you want to end this session? Do I want to end the session? You haven't mentioned the CTO survey yet. The CTO oh survey is still open. Because the Python <laughs> Tech Raider took the rain. I don't want to, you know, flood them. If but, yes, the CTO survey is still open, I can guys. do it. I can do it. If you're a CTO or a similar top-level... Uh, role in your organization, engineering, management, you should go to thectosurvey.com and fill out the survey. The survey is not going to be open for much longer. So if you want to help out the IT tech leader community and also get access to some exclusive discounts and offers from our partners, then you should definitely check that out. Thectosurvey.com is where you can find it. Yeah. And once survey. it's done, you know where you get the survey? In our newsletter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The okay. next letter, right? The, yes, I named it. It's the next letter. The next letter. So. Exactly. Definitely. Okay. So yeah. this is it. Yes. It Thank was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It was a delight. Thank you so much for being here. It was awesome. Yeah. So okay. goodbye. See you. <laughs>